Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series we're doing called Doing. And this is about following Jesus. It's about discipleship. It's about what disciples do. And we're using the book of Matthew as our foundation for this study. And uh, we've talked about a lot of concepts, and we're going to pick it up again today uh, in Matthew chapter 9. But before we get there, I want to talk about this guy who's driving down the road, and uh, his car breaks down, and it happens to be right near a monastery. And so he goes to the the monastery, and he knocks on the door, and he says, Hey, my my car broke down. Do you think I could stay the night? And the, the monks are very gracious to him. They accept him. They feed him, and they are even able to fix his car. And uh, he, he spends the night, and as the man tries to fall asleep, he hears a strange but wonderful sound. And the next morning, he asks the monks what the sound was, but they say, we can't tell you, you're not a monk. The man's disappointed by that, but thanks them anyway, and he goes about his merry way. Uh, some years later, it turns out, he happens to break down in pretty much the same spot. He remembers the monastery. He heads back down there. He, he uh He knocks on the door, says he's got issues and problems with his car again. They, again, are very gracious to him. They receive him. They feed him. They're able to fix his car again. And that night, once again, he hears the same strange and and wonderful noise that he heard years earlier. And the next morning they ask what it is, but the monks reply, we can't tell you. You're not a monk. And the man says, look, all right, all right, I'm, I'm just, I've got to know what the sound is. If the only way I can find out what the, what the sound is, um, is to become a monk, how do I become a monk? And they say, well, you have to travel all the earth, and you need to tell us how many blades of grass there are and the exact number of sand pebbles. And when you find these numbers, you can become a monk. So the man sets about the task. It takes him over 30 years. He returns and knocks on the door of the monastery after his travels all over the earth. And he says, I've traveled the earth and I found what you've asked for. There are 145,236,284,232 blades of grass. And there's 231,281,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,289,
Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, interesting passage of Scripture, because we're talking about doing, because uh, disciples go out and do this stuff. That's what makes a difference, that, that, uh, uh, that we need to you know, be, be active and involved in, in the kingdom of God. And that word there that's translated workers or laborers is from the Greek word um, ergotase, uh, which is a root ergon, which actually means doers. And, and so uh, what, what Jesus is saying there, in effect, is the harvest is plentiful, but the doers are few. The people actually going out and doing the kingdom are, are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out doers, people that are doing, into his harvest field. Now, this verse in 9, as we're looking at the different ideas of, of what it means to be a disciple and what disciples do, um, one of the things that, that causes disciples to do what they do is they have to have hearts of compassion. They need to be and, and care for people that are not in the kingdom. They need to have compassion for the lost. Um, and what we've talked about so far is that in our series, we can't look at them in judgment. We can't label them by their sin. We can't think of ourselves as better than they are. And what Jesus is saying is we need to see them they're lost. They're, they're harassed. They're helpless. Um, they're like sheep, he said, without a shepherd. And, and that we need to develop compassion for them um, to pray for more doers in the harvest and, and, and to be doers as well, to go and do what he did. And that, that all this is tied together as what disciples are supposed to do. And so I want to talk about those things tonight real quickly. And where the, the first point in your notes is it just is that, is that compassion is a trait of a disciple's heart. Now, we've spent a lot of time talking about a disciple's heart. We'll continue to talk about that. Um, I may branch into another whole series about it here at some point because it, it seems so important to me that um, we, we have our hearts changed and developed um, for the kingdom of God. And that we've talked about so far that the, the big, one of the you know, sort of big matter that we look at is the difference between being focused on the temporary, the temporal, and the eternal. And that we, we tend by nature, our sin nature, to be very temporally focused. And that I mean we, we get consumed and fixated on what's affecting us right now. And, and when we do, we get less eternally focused. And yet, as disciples, um, Jesus tells us over and over again in all sorts of ways, we're to be eternally focused. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Do not worry. Uh, all those things that he says can't happen when we're focused on the temporary because we stay worried and upset and all those things. But an eternal focus allows us to move away from that. And, and as it becomes less about us and more about him, which was what happens in the transition, we can have more compassion for people. So instead of just looking at people and, and thinking that they bother us or they annoy us or we just wish they weren't there or whatever because we have our own thing to do and we got to get on with our own thing, we can have compassion for people like Jesus did. And there's this great picture of compassion. Um, we looked at it in the last series, actually, uh, in John chapter 6, but it happens here in Matthew chapter 14. Um, it's, it's where Jesus feeds a large group of hungry people. And in Matthew 14, verses 13 through 17, this is what it looks like. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. He just experienced a horrible tragedy in his own life. And, and he got away from it all because he was, he was really overwhelmed. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, 
he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So, here's the story. And we, if you were here during the last series, we talked about it. But you need to hear the story, what's going on. Because it's pretty fascinating. Because Jesus is, is going to teach his disciples about compassion. About caring for people. About getting out of their own sort of temporary place. And into a more eternal perspective. And what those elements look like. And so... The story is this. The disciples are hungry. Um, it's been a long day. It's been a stressful day. There's been a lot of ministry going on. The end of the day is approaching. There's a huge crowd. And they're hungry and they want to eat. And you know, we'll know from the story here in a moment, that what they figured out, the disciples is, is they found a kid who's willing to share his lunch, basically, with them, which is five loaves and two fish. And they've sat down, looked at the loaves and the fish, and they've done a little math in their heads, and they've concluded that there's enough there to make fish sandwiches for the disciples and Jesus, and probably this kid. And, and, uh, and that's it. So, so they figured out in, in the situation how to get themselves some food, which is fairly legitimate. So they go to Jesus, and they say, tell all these people to get out of here, because it would be rude to eat in front of a big group of hungry people, right? They, at least they know that much. They don't just start chowing down in front of them and don't care. They say, look, get rid of these people because we're hungry. We want to eat. And he's, you know, you just send them to the towns and stuff and, so they can go take care of themselves. And Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. Jesus is aware of what's going on. He's aware of everything. And so these, these, he knows that these guys have some fish and, and the loaves. And he knows how much they've got. But their response is... Um, how are we supposed to do that? See, that brings up the second point. So here, there's a need, and that the disciples look at what they've got in the natural, and it's just sort of enough barely to take care of them, and they don't know what to do with it. And it raises the question that all of us have to make a transition through over time, which is the second point, but what about me? What about me? See, the whole kingdom of God thing needs to move us away from the what about me's. And the fascinating thing is, when we move past it, and we just, it, it seems like the hardest thing, when we get out of having the what about me as our primary concern. See, God takes care of that then. It's this amazing thing that happens. That's the, it's one of the hardest things for us to grasp in, in the natural realm because we're convinced that if we don't take care of me, if, if I don't take care of me, no one else will. If I'm, if I'm not totally fixed on me, then, then I'm not going to get taken care of. And the disciples, they figured out how to take care of themselves. It's a natural thing to do. It doesn't mean they don't care about these people at the moment. It just means they're hungry and they want to eat. Um, and, and yet they, they get what's there in the natural. There's, there's five loaves and there's two fish. And, and so there's just barely enough for them. And their response in verse 17 is, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. That's all we've got. We're hungry. Do you get, you get it? We're hungry. But Jesus says something important in verse 18. See, this is the difference. Bring them here to me. He said, bring them here to me. See, our third point is this, that we have to listen to and have faith in Jesus. That, that's really the bottom line of this thing. We have to listen to and have faith in 
Jesus. Now, it doesn't say all the time that we're to, we're to run around and never have anything. That's not the point of it. What it says is we need to be willing to listen to Jesus and do what he tells us to do because he's going to take care of it. It's going to be better than we can imagine. So he says in verse 18, Matthew 14, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. So what we need to do is we need in the kingdom, we need to listen to Jesus. We need to get outside of the what about me box. And and it's a big step. This is that whole process of breaking free from the temporary to the eternal. Because it's a very normal, natural question when you're faced with a situation. What about me? What about me? And when we're stuck there, we really have trouble even beginning to know that God's got something for us, that we need to look to him and see what he says. And, and we need to know that, that as we make that transition, we need to be listening for what we're supposed to do. And that when he tells us or sends us, we can trust him. Jesus told the disciples to feed the people. But they, there was a little resistance because they couldn't see how it would be done. You, that was in the question. Yeah, well, what if, we've only got this little bit of bread. Why would we? There's not enough to feed anybody, and we're not going to eat either. This is not going to work. But Jesus says, bring them here to me. And what they do, with whatever little bit of faith they can muster, that's what they do. At least they do that. They follow through. They don't just you know, turn their backs and shove down the food and say no. They, they give them to Jesus. And, and look, see, the amazing thing was that not only was everybody fed, but each one of the disciples ended up with a to-go box as well. See, that's the point that you've got to get out of this whole process in the kingdom, is that God will take care of you when, when you listen and do what he says. You see, point number four is this, that a little faith in the kingdom goes a long way. A little faith in a big God does amazing things. And he's a big God. So sometimes we get confused and we think it's about how big our faith is. And, and it's not. It's about how big our God is. We just need a little bit of faith. Because sometimes it's all we can muster. Um, and, and, you know, you get the situation. I hope you get it. The disciples had been watching Jesus do all sorts of neat stuff. They trusted him. But they were hungry. When you're natural, when you got your, um, you know, uh, when I'm hungry, I want to eat. <laughs> I don't always want to share. I told you the stories. It's like being really hungry and, and taking the time to go out into the kitchen and make a delicious sandwich and then have my son walk in before I get to eat it. And he invariably either wants the whole thing or at least half of it. And you know that feeling when you've made a sandwich and you've got your mind set on a, you know, that's a, you've got an itch that only a whole sandwich can fix? And you're like, oh, really? If I Just another 60 seconds. I could have snuck out of here. <laughs> But, but, but you go, okay, it's okay, because it's, it's, see, God takes care of it. God's bigger than that. He, he wants us to care about the needs of people and, and just a little bit of faith. Matthew 14, 20 and 21, they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. They took those five loaves and fish, two fish, and fed most likely 10,000 people. Everybody was satisfied. They weren't just get a snack. They were satisfied. And the disciples picked up what they'd initially shared. And each one of them had a basket full. 
So you need to see the point is that, that, I mean, that there's a reason that's in there. The point is that when they listened to Jesus and they, they responded to him with a little bit of faith, he took care of what they couldn't take care of. He made what they were trying to take care of in the natural so much better in a supernatural. He took it to a whole other level. And that's what he does. See, this to me, it's another picture of that verse. Seek first his kingdom and his rights. And then all these things will be added to you as well. We get so busy trying to make things work, trying to fix broken things, and, and trying that we spend all our energies and efforts on temporary things. And yet, if we can just realize, I, I just got to give it all to God and listen to him and do what he says. To the best of my ability, he takes care of all this stuff, and he's so much better at it than we are. He's just so much better at it. Don't you think... That Jesus' way, taking five fish, five loaves, two fish, feeding 10,000, and giving all the disciples a to-go box was better than them meagerly making through a piece of bread and a tiny piece of fish each, which is what they would have had if they hadn't listened and didn't respond in faith. See, to me, this story, the reason I like this story so much is it's, there's something so simple about it, and yet so impacting that, that it's what we need to be aware of. And we, we, it's one of the ideas that these between, behind our mission here at the Vineyard. Um, see, the whole verse that we started with Matthew 9 was about sending people out into the harvest field. Pray that people would go. So we pray that all the time. I hope you would pray that too, that there'd be more people out there doing the work of disciples in the harvest field because there's a lot of people that need to come into the kingdom, lots of them. And so, so that's uh, as a mission. That's our church. We, 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 you know, if you don't know our mission statement, you should. It's pretty simple. One more. We made it very simple so everybody could get it and remember it. What's the mission of the vineyard? One more. What does that mean? One more lost child back to death. It's what we talk about here all the time. It's what we do. It's why we exist. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes with that and building disciples. I know all that, but ultimately, so we can move into this mission of one more. To me, it's a picture of getting people out into the harvest field. And impacting the world. Well, how do we do it? It's a little, we're just a little group, really, in a little island. How, how can we change the world? What can we do? And there's something about that story that impacted me. The, the five loaves and the two fish. And so we do something here we talk about all the time that it comes right out of there. But we, we talk about being thankful for five things and encouraging two people. Same numbers and fairly, fairly same concepts. I believe that if we, because you think, well, it's very simple. But here's the thing. If you take those activities and just offer them to Jesus with a little bit of faith, whatever little bit of faith you got. It, it's, see, he's it's a big God. We just need a little faith. You don't have to be, you just every day decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thankful today for five things. I'm going to encourage two people. Because what that does is it puts you out in the harvest field. It gets your mind off of you and onto the kingdom. It makes you realize that God is still God no matter what's going on. And that there's stuff for you to do. And, it, and you become a fulfillment of Matthew 9 when you'll do those simple things. And we thank for five to encourage two people. And then, you know, to help us along the way, I always say, um, you know, live by trying to do the next right thing. But the concepts of, of being thankful help you to move from the temporary to the eternal. And then being an encourager, going out and encouraging people, going out of your way to encourage people, get you out in the harvest fields in all sorts of ways. And, and, and if, if, if it's not people that um, maybe, maybe, you, you, maybe you encourage people that are already in the kingdom, that's good too, because you know what it does? It gets them out in the harvest field. All these things work together 
in fulfillment of this prayer about being disciples, about being doers of the word. And so I, I just wanted to encourage you again today to think about those simple concepts and, and grab back a hold of them again um, in light of this story. To be compassionate people. To see the lost like Jesus saw them. To move out into the harvest field um, like he's prayed for us to do and like we've been praying for. Start every day by being thankful for five things. If you're not doing it, start. Start tomorrow. Just get up tomorrow morning and be thankful for five things. Just think, just stop. I list them. I write them down every day. I put them on a website, but I start every day by writing them down. I stop and think about what I'm thankful for. That's how I start every day. And then encourage at least two people as part of my little devotional time. And I'm working on giving this devotional to everybody. We're working on it in all sorts of versions right now. I I actually write down people that I can encourage, that I know I should encourage. And then I ask God to let me run into people throughout the day as well. And and, uh, it reminds me to encourage people. Make phone calls. See people and and tell them I appreciate them. Whatever that looks like. Um, Get out and encourage people. And it will make a difference. Those things will impact the world. Be thankful. Encourage people. Give it to Jesus with a little bit of faith. And watch what he does with it. He's already doing amazing things. I'm, and I'm looking forward to what he's going to keep doing as, as uh, we keep on pressing on in these things. And so that's what he calls us to. And that's the process. The harvest is plentiful. There's lots of people out there who need to come to know Jesus. But the doers are few. So be a doer for Jesus and change the world for him. And that's what we're up to so far in our series on doing. And we'll close it there today. Uh,